Greetings, my name is Mike Grain, and welcome to another University of Arkansas Supply Chain Management Research Council podcast on on-shelf availability. Today, we're joined by Dean Fru, the CTO of SML. SML is a leading provider of full solutions for radio frequency identification for retail, uh, including tags, technology, uh, software, and uh, services as well. Please join me in welcoming Dean Fru to the podcast. From your seat, what are the next set of use cases? Because claims is obviously one of those. I mentioned asset protection before is one of those. There's a lot of things that from your set, I mean, and again, I'm not asking you to share anything that's not you know public. I'm not looking for you to, yeah. to release competitive information. I know you won't. But you've made a number of acquisitions and or engagements. Uh, I believe the uh, the location in London is starting to look at running actual RFID product through a a tunnel to be able to capture that. We're seeing the the work that you're doing in store with, uh, with with the uh, the company you just uh, partnered with. So, you've been doing this for a long time. Where do you see the big bets coming in the future? Well, I mean, one of the ones that's been ignored is inbound into distribution centers. Mm. Okay, and um, you know the assumption is is that everybody's sending you what they tell you they're sending you, and that the tags work. And, and I think it's as we start getting to clients that are limited in what they can do in the store because their inbound processes are telling them the wrong number. Mm. Okay. And so, you know, when I was at, if I was at 65% inventory accuracy, who cares if I was off by 5% on my inbound? But when I'm in 98 and I'm trying to get to 99, um, you know, it could make that could be a big difference. Okay. Mm, and yep. I just saw Robert's note, it's at the case level, but case with the items on the inside is, is what I'm talking about. So we've got multiple projects around the world, some really big ones where, and there's other examples out there that have, you know, that have uh, been publicized where, you know, I think that's the next thing, Mike, if I was to pick yep. one thing, it's, it's the, it's the thing that, would make the biggest impact in the in whole industry is just having all of these DCs know exactly what they're receiving and make sure that all of the tags work on the stuff that they're getting coming in. Mm. Um, and we have seen during COVID, we've seen a decrease in tag quality. Okay, a lot of players are trying to provide tags and there's no way for the people that are buying them to know if they're any good or not. So is that is that implying that we're going away from Auburn, Auburn University ARC standards, or we just are those particular well, yeah. quality the of ARC those standards? Tags? ARC standards are really around performance. This yes. is around did it get encoded right? Oh, gotcha, gotcha. All right, okay. All right. So it's not the performance yeah. of the tag. It's no. Did we encode it correctly, and does it have the well, right information? I've got one example where people are putting tags on product with the EPC logo and no RFID tag inside the the sticker. <laughs> Not That's a real helpful. example. Okay. Not so, <laughs> yeah. So it looks like it's a tag. It smells like it's a tag, but it's not an RFID tag. So we're going to continue to see um, shenanigans like that. And brands and retailers are going to become, as they become more important, more dependent on accurate information, are going to be looking at, I think, some of those things for compliance checking. Yeah. And to, and to your point, if you see it and it's a problem at the store, it's not been encoded correctly at the store. Too late. It's way, it's way too late. It's fine. It's like trying to find a needle in a haystack, right? 
you got to catch it upstream in the supply chain. Uh, obviously, that's that's the key to this thing. So catching it inbound at the DC at the latest would be certainly something would be valuable. Yeah. Yeah. Um, talk to us about what you can about the any potential CPG suppliers that are using your solutions to make sure that what they're putting in a box destined to a uh, potential retailer customer uh, is the right stuff. How how are, how are you seeing that kind of playing out? It's it's a um... I would say it's been a continued interest for years. The challenge is, is, you know, putting in place solutions in places that don't have a lot of technology mm-hmm. is difficult. And I think that's why what we're seeing is, is, is brands and retailers moving toward the, the step before them, which is that DC, right? Uh, they can control the technology, usually has a lot of technology in it, even if it's just Wi-Fi and, um, and some kind of a networking system, you can use handhelds, you can use tunnels, you can use things like that. So, um, you know, it, I think going all the way to, we, we've got multiple projects where we're in at factories. Okay. Um, I will tell you that it is difficult, even with local teams, to be able to work through um, all, you know, some factories don't allow there to be public Wi-Fi. Mm. Wi-Fi at all. Right. in the factory because they don't want people surfing on their phone. So again, it's, it's there's just a little bit more headwind in doing factories. It's not a technology issue per se. It's a, you know, uh, are they going to, do they have the infrastructure in place to be able to support it? So, Got it. And, Got it. and they're getting very little out of it. So I think what's going to happen is the inbound deployments are going to drive that technology upstream one step further. Just like what we saw for Walmart when they held compliance on consumer packaged goods stuff. Yeah, yeah. The, 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 there's this there's this phenomenon in the CPG industry called the tipping point, which yeah. is when you have enough retailers asking to have things RFID tagged at source. At what point in time do you just say, "I don't want to have two piles of inform- of, of of inventory that's the same product, although this one's RFID tagged and this one's not." Let's go ahead and do that migration. And then Auburn quotes the number 60%. I think that's a pretty close approximation for when I was with Procter & Gamble. It's like, yeah. if we have that much coming in, let's just tag it all. Then people start to say, well, if it's all tagged from us, then what can we do with it internally? And I think that's that's one of the things that's definitely going to kind of play out. Yeah. Uh, the the other ones is, and, and I know that uh, you were uh, your team was at uh, Auburn a few months ago when we had uh, folks from the supplier community, specifically Haynes, talk about the incredible, we're all RFID tagged, yet our claims compliance is still on an upper trajectory. Why? Why? Because we're not taking advantage of that yet. I, that claims thing, which is, Dean, I sent you 27 of those and you're claiming yeah. it. We have no argument today. Maybe talk a little bit about the role that RFID plays to to ensure that that is actually you did receive it. And here's how we, how you did it. Yeah, I mean, we had a brand owner that their their whole business case justification was getting getting rid of claims from Macy's. Mm. I mean, um, you know, high six figures for a solution. And it was all about the fact that Macy's was doing a good job of looking at claims and charging significantly for that. And so um, I think it's a natural if you if you start measuring something and doing it in a way that has integrity, then you have an opportunity of doing two things. One, 
giving someone the opportunity to fix it, and two, making them pay for the fact that it did impact your business. Mm. And yeah. right now, what we're seeing is, is we're seeing, I would say that um, every one of our store deployment customers is now either already or in the process or thinking about the fact that this is an important issue. Yeah. And and whether they set up a profit and loss center to go after folks or not is a different issue. And that's, you know, there's a whole spectrum of what people want to do with that. But I think in general, most of them just want people to tag the product and ship the product as they said they did. Yeah. 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 Just a wild question. Uh, I've talked about this with a few people, but we'll go ahead and make this one public. Do you ever see us using item level and then eventually case level RFID as the official agreement that that product actually got? Because your your example of they encode they they shipped a bunch of socks. I'll make it up socks that weren't encoded. Well, then we didn't receive those socks, so we're going to deduct for those. That puts pressure in the system to make sure that everything's coded correctly up front, et cetera, because if a reader uh, in a retailer, we don't see it, we're not going to pay for it. Do you ever see it go into that level where you could actually do. potentially do? Yeah, I do. Because the, the impact to the business of not having those socks tagged is, is non-zero. I mean, it's a, there is a direct impact that either somebody's going to have to tag them mm -hmm. or they're going to be invisible through the RFID process all the way through sale and loss prevention. Right, right. Yep. So completely switching gears. Uh, I got a, I've got a couple others. And by the way, if anybody else has any more questions, please, uh, please forward them. I've got a couple more questions left. This one's a this one's a little bit out of the blue. I, I've been on some messaging threads with both some retailers in the United States and also some folks uh, over in Europe. And, and I don't think this is a new topic, but it's an interesting one, which is if we have RFID systems and we have categories and departments and potentially like in some cases, whole stores that are RFID tagged, why do we still go through a yearly inventory audit where we're counting every single pair of socks and every little thing that we've got? What's the roadmap to automate that? Because to me, that's like that's like a yearly process that we do that's not done very well. And and by the way, we're doing RFID at a weekly basis. I guess our our inventory is much more accurate than it is on a once-year audit. Any perspective that you have on that? I mean, we've seen a spectrum of customers. We have what we're what we are finding is the small to medium retailers are much more willing to go to their auditors and say, let me explain to you how this works. And um, we have one retailer that actually took their auditors into a store and did a count. Hmm. And then they picked a category and they went and counted it by hand and realized it was, it was dead on. <laughs> dead on. Okay. And so um, they tend, what we're finding is they have a, a better chance of making their RFID count on December 28th, their ledger mm -hmm. or their balance sheet. Larger retailers, much more complicated. Mm -hmm. So we have we have large retailers who have gone through that. Um, we have some retailers have been with us for years and they still can't convince other members of the, the corporate staff right. that this really is better. And 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 for sometimes good reasons. For example, if I have, you know, 98% of my product is tagged, you know, what what our customers are saying is. Well, at least let's use that. Right. Okay. Because you can't get a false positive. 
it is it, it's much better than what I counted six months ago by hand by by folks who didn't care about doing this anyway. Right. Okay. And yep. so so we're seeing success in the middle there. And then we have others that are like, I'm not even taking it forward, right? It's a career limiting move for me to get into somebody else's business. Mm-hmm. And I'm just not going to go there. So that's the spectrum we're seeing. And and I think over time, um, you know, it's a big cost. You huge know, cost. the Regis West combination, the consolidation of those two companies, it's a huge cost. And um, specialty retailers where everything is nearly everything is tagged. Um it's it should be a very easy transition to just take the December twenty eighth count as mm-hmm. your balance sheet. Yep. yep. Position. At I, least I for your stores. Yeah. I think I think it's got to get there eventually. How do you yeah. do that and do it in the right way and things that are Sarbines actually? It's, it's probably the it. most complex one of the biggest the biggest things I've learned in the last 10 years or 13 years now doing retail apparel. Mm. Is that it's the most complicated discussion that takes place internally? Yeah. Do you think? Do you think that's a cost versus retail cost accounting discussion, or it's just no? We're just we've always put people in the stores count it's this kind stuff. of that. I mean, it's kind of that. The loss prevention teams tend to have a say that the you know, but then the CFO. It depends. It it gets back to now. You got to talk to these auditors who tend to have a you know. Um, we have a different relationship with them. And, and mm-hmm. so it's just very, very complicated. And, and one that we've just supported on the peripheral to make mm-hmm. sure that our teams that we're working with in the retailer have everything they need to present the truth and the facts as to what's going on. Got it. Got it. I want to come full circle back on a question we asked and we started to talk a little bit about before. And I actually see Robert has asked a question related to that as, as well as returns. Yeah. You know, specifically, let's just talk about how RFID technology can help the returns process. Let's just say the returns where the RFID today is attached to packaging and not incorporated into the actual product. That's a different question, Robert. So we'll get to that one in a second. But talk to us about that. So if I if I'm one of your retailers and I'm using this, and somebody returns something, how does your system account for that to make sure that it correctly identifies identifies it coming back into inventory? Yeah. So we've got customers that have used the the you know let's take the in store scenario. Um, someone brings something back and it has a ticket on it still, right? So it's still got the RFID tag. Um, we have a, the ability to bring that in inventory immediately, okay? okay? And to do it, like we could do it at the basket level, right? So as you see at most tills, there's a basket of returns, right? Just throw the things in there, scan them, and bring them back in inventory. Well, the example, they bring it back, there's no ticket. Well, in most cases, the retailer has the ability to print out a non-RFID ticket anyway. You stick on an RFID tag, and you do a scan, scanning code, and you bring yep. it in inventory, right? Yep. yep. Um, all of those events are captured. So if someone was looking at, if they were interested in that, they could have a, a BI report on what they returned. But nobody seems to be that interested in that right now, but it could mm-hmm. be. Mm-hmm. Um, the biggest thing that's going on right now for that we see is mass returns in distribution centers. Huge problem. Okay. And, you know, we've got... Uh, deployments with um, some brands where dramatically changing the way they think about managing returns. One, you know, some brands are, are getting hundreds of thousands of items a year. Mm-hmm. 
and still processing them the same way they always have. Mm-hmm. Okay. And wow. so, um, and I think there's some, there's some other returns kind of things that, that, uh, that are coming down the pipe that we think will also add value for some of the issues that are out there for that. So, um, but you know, DC and store, sorry about that. My dog's barking. At <laughs> he needs to go outside. <laughs> no, he needs, he wants to go eat the UPS guy. Cause he's oh, the, the UPS guy. Yeah, gotcha. Exactly. The but prime anyway, guys, so, they're showing up with those three, three boxes that one, exactly, two of them are your return. Okay. Exactly. Um, so anyway, I think returns is something, um, the DC is, was really interesting, um, to look at what these brands are having to do for returns. And, um, again, think about, uh, understanding what it is and what grade it is to know if you can get it back in the market versus not, uh, most brands have covenants with their retailers about how many of the poor grade product that you can ship back to me. And there's no way of measuring that really other than by hand today. So there's a number of things that, and down the road, I think we're going to get to beyond returns, we're going to get to the resale market and that whole market that is going to leverage, potentially could leverage RFID to automate that secondary life of product and ultimately recycling and some of those things. Yep. Okay. Awesome. We are we are just about out of time, Dean. I want to uh, ask you one kind of uh, kind of follow up questions. Anything else that you see in the future, and is there anything that um, I should have asked you that I didn't? Kind of a follow up, kind of closing question. Um, I think one of the things that 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 we're pondering is I think we're about to see continued consolidation in the retail space. Hmm. We're already seeing that, and. Um, and that consolidation um, impacts a lot of different components. And one of those components is technology investment. Okay. And um, where you might've had, you know, three or four brands that were underfunded, they couldn't invest and so on. We're seeing a growing uh, number of uh, retailer consolidation plays where they're stepping back and saying, if we're going to do this, let's do this with the right technology mm. from the beginning. And I yep. think, I think that that play is um, could be very interesting for the market for all of us that are in this market mm. because it's uh, it's it's unprecedented. I've never seen this before, where I've seen this level of consolidation, um, and um, so it's going to be very interesting. I think that's the one thing that is on top of mind as we start looking at what's going on. Got it. Got it. Man, that's a great perspective. Dean, thank you so much. Uh, I know you've, I know you've had uh, a lot of stuff going on both at work and at home. Uh, I am so thankful you had an opportunity to spend some time with us. I I think you're, you're one of the obviously premier industry leaders in this space, not only from a technical, technical perspective, from a business perspective. So thank you very much for your time. We definitely appreciate it. Thanks for joining today's podcast and appreciate Dean Fru for a great job of walking us through the state of the industry and some of the opportunities that he sees going forward. Please join me next time when we have JW Franz and Daniel Blank from the Barcoding Incorporated. They'll talk about how they're working with both suppliers and retailers to provide services to drive retail technology capability in the future. 
look forward to seeing you then.